You're listening to Canary Cry Radio. Hey everyone and welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 084. 084 is the code? I don't know. For 12? I don't know what that means. Yeah, 12. This is the 12th episode. <laughs> Times 7? Man, the math. The math doesn't end. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was good, by the way. Yeah, so welcome. Welcome to this episode. Very exciting uh, guest. Unfortunately, now I'm going to have to explain myself. Now, there have been episodes where I have been um, Missing. absent. Okay, absent's a good word. Absent from the conversation. Like, physically wasn't there. There are other episodes where I'm mentally absent from the conversation. <laughs> No, so so this is one of those ones. I was not here. I was supposed to be here, unlike those other ones when I'm traveling around the world. But this particular instance, I was traveling off in dreamland. So Gans, the very capable and brilliant Gans, took this one by himself while I caught up on some uh, much-needed sleep. Yeah, and I won't hold it to you too much, but mm-hmm. I will no. read through some of the text messages that I sent you. Okay. Um, just a heads up, we got Mario this morning at 9. Didn't, no response. I know it's hard, but you awake, bro? <laughs> no response. Question mark. No response. I'm going to jump on with Mario in about 10 minutes. Let me know when you can make the combo. And then like 20 minutes later, I we're starting the interview. (laughs) And then like two hours later, you write back in uh, passionate disdain. Or uh, what's another word? What's a Shakespearean word of like tragic? I don't know. It it was... It was, it was, it was, I had a, agony. a vigor, vigor. A vigorous okay. agony of the soul yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what it was. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's just what happens when, um, I mean, uh, those of you who are, have been listening a long time, you knew, you know, that when we started doing the podcast, we were, uh, recording like anywhere from like 10 PM to like 12 to 1 AM or something like that. But we've recently started recording in the morning which has been very difficult recently it's been like a year (laughs) we've been recently okay recently relatively recently in the span of human history we have been (laughs) recording in the morning which is difficult for me you know difficult for guys who who work at night i mean i don't really work at night but it would be hard for somebody if they were working at night um no so anyways there you go so sorry about that guns leaving you hanging um but uh yeah so this is going to be a great episode i'm looking forward to it yeah it was a good conversation so i think you'll enjoy it and just as a heads up if you are a first time listener oh you can always go to canarycryradio.com and click through all the archives of every episode that we've done we've done 
Well, this yeah. is our 84th now. I always we forget have... about that. I forget that there's new listeners. I, I, I get so excited and passionate about my love for our current listeners and older listeners, not older, more seasoned, mature listeners. Um, but I forget. So howdy out there, all you uh, listening visitors. Hope you like it. This is a conversation with Gons. And who's the guest? Mario, the Vigilant Christian. There it is. The Vigilant Christian. Very cool, very prolific YouTuber. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard of him and watched his videos and developed one of those weird online relationships with, you know, like online people where you feel like you know them, but really, you know, <laughs> right? it's the internet. Yes. I feel like a lot of people have that with me and you. Yeah, probably. And you know, it's funny. I just, uh, but it's not the same because I love you all. <laughs> well, I'm sure <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's interesting because I just celebrated a birthday and oh, yeah. on Facebook, I made a post that listed just a few of the people that are in our sort of ministry, you know, like our niche sort of fringy ministry. Yeah. And there's a good list of, I think I put like six or seven people. Mm -hmm. that are all younger than I am and wow. doing it. And, um, you know, not that I'm young, I'm, I'm feeling older as I step further into my thirties. Yeah. Uh, that just, yeah. I, I just felt depression come over me mm. anyway. Thirties, the new 60. Hmm? What? It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I thought it was like the it's other. Supposed to, it's supposed to make you feel good. Uh, no, just 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 JK, just JK, JK. <laughs> All right, is that? Okay. It's internet speak. You wouldn't understand, old man. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? So what? You named all these people? Yeah. No, I'm just saying that you know, there's a good handful of people that are younger that are talking about these things because it doesn't yeah. seem like it feels like when we go to conferences and different things it feels like the people talking about bible prophecy and what's going on in the world are seasoned as you said good, yeah good mature, work mature. mature yeah and so it feels like we need to reach out to the younger generation and i think we are and you know hopefully if you're listening there's a lot of young folk getting into it now yeah so that's wonderful all right so we're all gonna get together and all all the listeners of this podcast, we're all going to get together and we're going to sing Gon's happy birthday. That's all right. Yeah, we're going to do it. No, we're okay. going to do it. So everybody... Time for the episode. Go to Canary Cry Radio and then you, you can record a voice message for us. Go there and sing happy birthday to Gon's and leave him a message. You know, his life is not over yet. He's got at <laughs> least... He's got at least a good like year and a half before... Yeah, before anything. things get real bad. Right. Okay, so there you go. We're going to get right to the episode. We've, we've stalled long enough. So um, without further ado, everybody, this is Gons and Mario, the Vigilant Christian. That's my... That's your... That's your my, uh, contribution. Air horn. We meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. 
I was like, now I have to do something pretty ridiculous and insane with my life. So why not sell my soul and go on Jersey Shore? That's what I did. They don't want laws against sexual promiscuity. That's why they don't want families. That's why they don't want marriage. That's why they encourage homosexuality. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you'll be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. Uh, I will also ask the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school, at every level. One thing that I think is clear with young people and with adults as well is that we just have to be repetitive about this. It's not enough to simply have a, a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. There is but one authority, and that is Jehovah, the almighty God. The word vigilant is defined as being alert, watchful, especially to avoid danger. And in a world that's literally become Alice Bailey's The Externalization of the Hierarchy, we see pretty clearly that the Illuminati, the New World Order, and the entertainment industry all are becoming one, so to speak. And while most Christians blindly infuse themselves into the beast system of the world, there are some of us who have been called out to serve the body of Christ and expose the lies that have become the bedrock of our culture. And our guest today is an example of one of those folks called out to be a watchman. With nearly 150,000 subscribers, almost 24 million views on his channel, and quickly approaching 900 videos, we would like to welcome Mario, aka the Vigilant Christian, to Canary Cry Radio. Mario, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem, man. It's uh, awesome to have you on. Um, first, uh, you know, just to jump in right away, tell us a little bit about your background, your upbringing, and um, just a brief testimony of how you became the Vigilant Christian. Sure. Um, so basically, I'm a Canadian. I grew up in a, uh, a Catholic family. The Catholic Church is really strong down here. So, you know, um, immediately I just saw that there was a hypocrisy in Christianity, and this really kind of just marked me as a child. And, uh, you know, it was a superficial upbringing where we would just go to church on Sundays and live like the world the rest of the week. So we weren't born again by the Spirit of God. So, you know, I just kind of seen uh, that when I was a child, so I was exposed to that. And uh, when I was 16, I started to look at the world and I started to get involved in what is considered the truth movement, which is a collective movement, as you know, of people who are starting to wake up that there's something going on. I started to look at the world like the wars going on in all these uh, evils that we can see in this fallen world. And I started asking some very deep questions. I wanted to know the deep philosophical questions. Who am I? What is my purpose? Etc. Um, so this started me off on a journey of self-discovery and trying to find truth. That is essentially what I set out to do. I said, I'm, I'm a truth seeker and I'm going to find it. And that's what I started to do. And because I had grew up Catholic, um, you know, I just immediately just pushed away the idea of Jesus being the truth. And I started to really embrace the New Age movement, which is found uh, uh, taught by a lot of the uh, 
quote-unquote truth movement leaders or gurus. Uh, David Icke was one of them who uh, really influenced me. So I really saw this massive awakening and the consciousness shift as the solution to what I was seeing, as uh, the awakening that would overcome the coming prison planet that I was seeing uh, through my New World Order research and stuff like that. Um, so I became a heavy New Ager. I, I figured, hey, if, if this is the truth, I'm going to go all out because it's just, that's my character. I, I don't just get involved with something uh, halfly, you know, I, I go all out. Uh, so I just gave everything. I got into astrology. I mean, I could have drew out uh, your astrology chart, uh, your birth chart. <laughs> uh, I was into numerology. Um, tarot card reading, I just mastered that. I'd uh, given many, many tarot card readings to uh, people um, who, I mean, I would literally be bringing them to tears because there's a spiritual side to that. I was obviously, as uh, our Christian viewers know, uh, communicating with fallen spirits and these fallen angels, these fallen spirits have an ability to give me insight um, as a channel, as a tarot card reader, um, as to what that person was going through. So, I mean, there was some really powerful supernatural experiences that I was going through uh, when I was heavily involved in the New Age movement. I was uh, used to bring many people to that knowledge. In fact, in my uh, my city here where I live, a lot of my friends would bring over their friends and I would tell them the great secret that they are a God and everything is God and that we are all interconnected and that there's a great shift coming in 2012 uh, because this was about in 2007 and I firmly believed in 2012. I thought that uh, all my research really showed a clear uh, shift coming, that there would be the age of Aquarius taking place. Now, obviously, we are uh, 2014. That didn't take place. So uh, that is the, the major deception. But I didn't see that at the time. Um, one of the things also that I got heavily involved in is communicating with uh, spirit beings. We see uh, David Icke who does the same thing. You know, he talks about his spirit friends and he calls them the guys. Uh, and I naively did the very same thing. I did not know that I needed to test the spirits. So I just accepted whatever these um, fallen angels would communicate to me. Although they, they appeared as angels of light. Um, you know, they really are fallen angels. And I was just swallowing everything they were telling me that, um, you know, that uh, everything is one and they would teach me about God and certain things like this. Now, the, the way you communicate to them, just to clarify for the viewers, it's not like I was having a communication here like I'm having uh, with you here, Gons, but uh, there are certain ways in the New Age movement where people are taught uh, different things in order to communicate with them. It's clear audience, clear sentience. So you're literally tuning yourself to make yourself open to hearing from the demonic spirits, the fallen angels. And uh, I was in communication with them and they were leading my life and um, brought me to um, actually uh, YouTube. And it was a documentary called The uh, Age of Evil, uh, Age of Aquarius, Age of Evil by um, researcher uh, Keith Thompson. And I uh, feature Chris White, who's had an impact on me as well. And for the first time, I seen uh, a presentation of Jesus Christ like never before. Um, so immediately, I remember when I saw that, uh, it just hit me like a, a ton of bricks. And, um, you know, I realized that everything that I had believed up until that point was an absolute deception. So, you know, I, I literally broke down for three days. I remember, I mean, I was in tears. You're talking about the collapse of a belief system and a belief system that I believed in passionately. Like I, I, I went all in and, you know, I represented that people knew me as like the new ager and the guru, the astrologer, tarot card reader, yoga instructor, you know, so I had created this identity. So it was very hard to come to the realization that 
all that stuff that I had adopted as truth wasn't true, and that in fact I had been uh, being lied to by demonic spirits. Uh, this started at that point when God started, I believe, by the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to me. Um, I began to go and become seriously attacked by those uh, spirits that I was communicating with. Previously to seeing that documentary, they always would approach me as angels of light, beautiful bringers of wisdom. Uh, but after this, it's as if the entire uh, show was exposed and um, they showed their true colors. I started to experience things like sleep paralysis. One night I couldn't even get out of bed. I was felt like a demonic spirit was just hovering over my head and I can almost feel it like breathing its presence on me and just this evil presence in my room and I was just being choked out. I was still living with my ex-girlfriend at the, or my girlfriend at the time and uh, I just told her, you know, go turn on the light and call uh, my friend Danny who was a Christian and uh, the Lord was using him at that time to really minister to me and help me out of all this and I just asked him to pray and uh, we called on the name of Jesus, and uh, that demonic attack was was taken away. And, you know, I, that was when it was just, it was too real to me. Um, I just started to experience all those things, and I, I just got on my hands and knees, and I said, you know, God, I've gone somewhere with this stuff, and I, I don't know where or how I've gotten here, and you need to come intervene and save me. And uh, it was in that moment that I just realized that I needed a church uh, to uh, go and, and to be a part of, so... Uh, got online, found a local church in my area, uh, went to it, and uh, the, there was a charismatic preacher who was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. As soon as I heard it, Gons, I mean, that was the truth. Everything I had been searching for previously, that was it. It was the gospel. Uh, you know, when I started out at 16 years old, I set out to find the truth, and I went down many, many paths. It wasn't that I got there right away. I, the Lord took me down a lot of the wrong roads to bring me finally to Christ. But in that moment when the gospel was preached, I knew it. I knew I found it. I didn't have to seek truth anymore. I had found it, uh, and the truth set me free. Um, it was an amazing thing, too. Uh, there was this supernatural event, too, of deliverance that happened that day. Uh, there was a prayer team at this at the front of the church, and I went out for prayer. I said, you know, I'm up. I'm always down for spiritual stuff. I've been doing like transcendental meditation, and I'll do anything, right? So prayer, I'm down. So I go right to the front, and uh, I just ask these people to pray for me. One girl, out of the corner of my eye, she just locked eyes on me, walked really intensely toward me, and just tells me straight up, like, hey, you've been practicing Buddhism. You've been talking to some uh, some spirits, haven't you? And I'm like, well, yeah, like, there's no way you can know this about me. Like, we, I haven't, I don't even know you, you know? So I'm like, all right, go ahead and start praying. Uh, so she laid hands on me, and I immediately manifested. The one thing about me uh, is I was a channel. And what we do when we become a channel is we are essentially just saying take control of me. And, um, you know, a lot of the books that I was reading, that's what the instruction was, you know, just empty yourself. There's uh, this um, need to empty your mind and things like that. And then you're literally just hearing or sensing uh, the spirits and you'll feel them go into you. Oftentimes when I would channel, uh, I would empty myself, a spirit would come in me and I could just grab a pen and paper and auto write. This is a uh, supernatural phenomenon that occurs when people channel demonic spirits and the things that I was writing was way beyond 
um, you know, what, what even I was capable of producing at the time. Uh, so we need to be careful because, you know, that's, that's what happens. We open ourselves up. So in that moment when that woman was praying for me, these spirits, I had given them authority within my own temple, within my own body. Uh, and there were many of them. I, I had a legion in me. Uh, I communicated with over 30 uh, spear guides at the time, and several of them would come in me and uh, work through me and things like that. Uh, sometimes when they would come in me, I would have these weird yoga contortions and stuff, and I would move in, in really strange uh, ways. And I'm flexible, but I mean, some of the stuff that I would do is just beyond what is even naturally possible. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely know what it's like to be a host for these spirits. And you know, in that moment, all of a sudden, you know, this girl's praying for me and it took a hold of me. And I spoke in a very weird voice. It was like, I'm not letting go. And it was like a deep hissing voice. And I remember my eyes were rolling in inside my head and I was calling upon the Lord when I would come to my senses, like, oh my goodness, how did I get here? Lord, like, please save me. Uh, so I back and forth, you know, I was going and uh, the, the demonic spirit within me, I remember there was one moment, the lady who was praying for me, I felt like I wanted to, out of rage, just grab her and throw her across the room. And I, honestly, to this day, if I would have grabbed a hold of her, I could have probably threw her like 30 feet. Uh, there was definitely like demonic super powers in me. It was, it was crazy. But in the spirit realm, in, in beyond what I could even see, there was a force that was completely blocking me. I was unable, immobilized to do anything, any harm that I even wanted to do when I was possessed. Um, and anyway, so she just kept on praying. We had a whole bunch of people pray. The deliverance came, the demons came right out of me. I was filled with the spirit of God. And, uh, you know, it was a very powerful and, uh, um, unique, uh, salvation experience. So, you know, uh, everyone there was just kind of taken back, but, uh, luckily a lot of people had been, uh, dealing with deliverance, people coming out of the occult, uh, out of, uh, different forms of Satanism and stuff like that. So uh, I had a really good support system to help me. And that's essentially what started. So that was the awakening that, uh, you know, the demonic realm is real, that there are uh, spiritual entities that are working beyond the physical world, bringing in, they're working with people like David Icke, and they're deceiving them, uh, bringing about the beast system, this uh, externalization of the hierarchy, like you mentioned, bringing out the mysteries uh, through uh, different people, including myself. It's funny that uh, I think back because the angel who uh, overseen me, there was an overseeing angel that I communicated with who declared himself to be Archangel Michael. He actually told me uh, through a, a vision that I would be called to uh, go across the world and to share my research and do exactly what David Icke is doing to awaken consciousness. And, you know, so it's funny that all these different New Agers are all talking about communicating to these uh, spirits, and these spirits have the very same agenda, and it's the establishment of the Antichrist kingdom. Um, so being, like I said, that I came from all that, that's what I set out to do. I was just like, I got to wake people up. Uh, this is a powerful thing that's happened to me. I want to uh, share my testimony with people. So I just started making videos uh, on the things that God was showing me. Um, if you come to my channel, you see I talk about a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things is exposing the New Age movement, so this false spiritual system uh, that is essentially uh, Luciferian, a system that masquerades as light and truth, but is an ultimate uh, deception. Also exposing the entertainment industry. Uh, Satan is very cunning. Uh, he wants to remold the way that we see and uh, perceive the world. And I think that entertainment uh, is a way that he's very able to do that. 
Um, you know, if you look at the Bible, you see that Jesus used to tell us parables, which are essentially stories. And those stories would impact us and they would change us. Satan is doing the same thing in Hollywood, except this time he's telling us his stories. And they're full with Gnostic, anti-God uh, messages. So people who naively sit in these quote-unquote theaters, brainwashing institutions, um, are essentially just being programmed with these, these stories that Satan wants to uh, used to shape their minds. Stories of adultery, stories of violence, stories of, uh, you know, even, like I said, Gnosticism being put in there. Uh, one thing, one ministry that I really do enjoy is Good Fight Ministries. Uh, I think they do, um, uh, Pastor Joe Schwimmel has done a fantastic job at just identifying the obvious trend in Hollywood that Gnosticism is being placed in most movies, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I mean, and other things too, biblical teachings. I mean, Jesus Christ is the truth, so uh, that is ultimately the, uh, the thing that's going to save us from the New World Order system. That's one thing I try and stress on my channel. Uh, a lot of New World Order researchers, you know, they focus on the problem. I, I, I focus on the problem and the solution. You know, it's one thing to recognize that the Antichrist kingdom is being established. They're going to microchip us. The, the B system's coming up. Uh, the transhumanist agenda. But, I mean, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't have anything. He is the salvation and the truth and the one that sets us free right here, right today. We don't need to do anything. Just repent and believe on the gospel. And there you go. You've overcome the world. You've overcome death and this entire system that these people are trying to establish. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great, man. That's a great testimony. And it's interesting because, you know, you, you mentioned people like David Icke. And for a time, I was really into David Wilcock. <laughs> And, yeah, me too. And, and all the stuff he had to say and trying to reconcile, it was a little different for me because I had come to faith and then it was, you know, it, it was one of those things where, wow, this completely makes sense, you know, and I went through all the, some of the philosophical, probably the same sort of rigors that you did. And also, you know, the going through some apologetics and looking at the historicity of the resurrection and things like that. I, those are things I had to overcome just in my mind mm -hmm. and people that are listening to Canary Cry Radio know this, but it was after that where I started to find a, a reinterest in things like, you know, the paranormal UFOs and aliens and stuff like that, conspiracy theories. And it was the uh, trying to reconcile my newly found faith. I was very, you know, it was like not even a year into being saved where I started looking into some of those topics and seeing, okay, if, you know, if the Bible is true, if, if Jesus Christ really is the truth, then these other things, there should be some kind of answer. And That's the it. issue I ran into was that the church I was at didn't really know how to respond to those things. Right. And, and, and that was the thing that it's not their fault. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. S specifically with, with my church that I was at, even it was a seeker friendly church. They're really good at getting people in the door. I mean, it got me in the door, you know? Right. Um, but I was, I suppose I was ready for meet much earlier than maybe some other folks, you know, I was ready to right. dive in had, you know, and so when I started doing that and I started asking questions, I wasn't getting the kind of answers that I, you know, was looking for. And it sort of confused me because I did the same thing. I went on YouTube. I started watching videos of, of people like David Icke and David Wilcock and Jordan Maxwell. And it's so funny that you mention that they they all get the same agenda from these spirit guides right because you know i remember specifically jordan maxwell who you know had this experience where the, you know he's being followed by these entities or whatever and then he you know he finally confronts them and he's like hey what do you want from me just don't harm me 
And, you know, they gave him the message, oh, you're going to spread this message around the world. And you're gonna be, you know, it's like the <laughs> same it. thing. And same it, thing. And it's this yeah. thing on pride. It's It, it plays right. on your pride and, and makes you right. feel important and things like that. And that I find that fascinating. Chosen. That there's a pattern. You're chosen. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious about, because one of the things that I didn't do, and I was very close to, you know, doing in that time was doing some of the, you know, channelings and, and uh, you know, uh, astral travel was something that I was really interested in, you know, like, oh, I want to astral travel. That sounds cool. Um, but did you, like, what were your, and you kind of touched on it, but what, what were some of the more profound contact experiences that you had? I mean, you said it wasn't like a communication like we're having now, like a conversation, mm-hmm. but but what what sorts of, um, you know, methods? Did you use any substances? <laughs> did you use right. any... Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, my most powerful experience was uh, I was into when you get into that stuff, you're oftentimes going to hear about uh, how the shamans would use uh, drugs in order to contact the spirit, right, to get into the spirit realm. So shamanism was something that really um, attracted me in my new age pursuit. I um, I just saw that, uh, you know, okay, so I can get to point A to point B in two months, but according to them, you throw in some DMT or uh, you throw in uh, some psychedelics in there, then you can go to point Z in no time. And there are even teachers in the New Age movement that that say this. Um, don't quote me on this, but I think Carlos Castaneda uh, is one of those. I, I remember reading either his book or someone like him who basically that's what they're saying they're like encouraging you uh, to use drugs not recreationally there needs to be a uh, distinct uh, like you need to be able to distinguish uh, recreational drug use with shaman spiritual you know trying to use it for those purposes um, so you know I was like hey I'm gonna try this I I want to connect I want to be at one because you're on the path to quote-unquote enlightenment and um, you're doing different things different meditations learning different knowledge in order to become enlightened and I was like man this is it this I'll try uh, a psychedelic and uh, we'll go ahead and and meditate so I had a whole bunch of friends over at my house and uh, I think we were like three or four guys and we're meditating in a circle. We took some psychedelics and within three minutes, I mean, I remember I got hit with it, a wave of just feeling like every single atom in my body just went through the roof, through the universe. And like, I became one with everything. And the thing is, these experiences are so powerful. Um, emotionally, uh, you know, you feel them, uh, but they were deceptions. And then in that moment, I was brought to a place uh, by these entities where I was experiencing this quote-unquote oneness with everything. Um, I remember there was a point where this, at, uh, when we were um, channeling in this way, one of uh, my friends was sitting close to me and there was a presence that literally like just fell from the ceiling between us and we both moved aside at the same time. Uh, and it was literally in the spirit realm. Both of us moved but there was nothing there and we both looked at each other like, yo, you saw that? And then from that moment on, that's when I made contact. That's when the entity started to, con- to, to try and reach out to me. Uh, I got myself into a heavy meditation to open up my third eye. Uh, that time, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. It, it did a little pop sound, which is something that uh, a lot of people report is how, uh, you know, it opens up. So it just popped. And what happened is like, normally, if you close your eyes, you're looking at the front. Well, all of a sudden, when it popped, I started looking internally, like there's an eye, the third eye, it looks internally. And all I started seeing was like a kaleidoscope of different realms and realities. And it was really hard to make out, tell you the truth. It was just, there was so much going on, so much information, so much that was just being brought through my consciousness 
consciousness at that moment through that uh, experience with these uh, fallen angels that uh, it was just mind-blowing. Uh, it's really hard to even um, describe because we are obviously talking about things that are of a more supernatural nature and uh, they kind of uh, baffle the natural mind. So uh, it, it was just profound, man. I mean, I was just taken back. I, I was deceived. That was it because... Uh, and this is one thing I try and tell Christians too. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, base their belief on God on experiences and feelings. Uh, coming from a New Age perspective, you can feel and feel things that are completely deceiving. Um, you know, you couldn't tell me that that wasn't God. I was convinced because I had this feeling like there's no way. Uh, but that's why we need the Word of God to be our final authority and truth uh, and not these uh, mystical experiences that I had or things like that. Yeah, totally. It's, that's interesting. I mean, I, how do you think that um, some of these aspects tie into sort of the, the, I guess, the alien agenda, you know, because, I mean, they're sort of one in the same, and it seems to right. be that the whole... What I think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What I, what I think about the fallen angels is um, we see in the Bible that they can transform themselves into angels of light. So I think what they, they're very wise. We're dealing with, you know, advanced, advanced beings here. Um, and, uh, you know, like, they're able to... Um, how can I even say that? Um, deceive people according to their own paradigm. So let's say that I'm into UFO. I I grew up and UFOs was always it, something to me. Well, you know, the uh, fallen angels, what they're going to do is manifest themselves, transform themselves into whatever will best deceive me. If I grew up believing that uh, dead people, um, their spirits live on and you can communicate to them, they're going to come as my dead relative or my dead aunt. Um, if like me in my past, I'm more into angels and I've, I've always found angels fascinating. So they, what did they come to me as angels? But at the end, these are all different forms and masks that these beings take. Uh, I think that just because, um, in the world today, there's this growing UFO movement and things like that, that they're masquerading themselves and, um, as aliens, you know, so to deceive people and the, this, this, the experiences are very similar. If you look at people who uh, go through being abducted and stuff and you kind of hear my story of how I dealt with the spirits and things and, uh, people like myself, they're very similar. So it's, uh, there's definitely parallels that you can draw. Uh, and I'm going to suggest it's the very same spiritual phenomenon, just different, uh, deceptions that are being orchestrated on different people, depending on what will work best to deceive that individual. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, I think um, most of these sort of spirits, uh, it's funny because I was watching, you know, there's a lot of paranormal shows on TV, and I, I, I try to watch them with, uh, without turning off my analytical side of the brain, you know, because right. when you do that, that's when you kind of <laughs> fall into the, uh, you know, I think Michael Lake, just in a couple interviews ago, talked about how you fall into this state of basically being suggested, you know, being easily suggested. But, you know, when I watch some of those shows, it's interesting. There's one where um, a female main, you know, medium is sort of the person that tries to help people. And I struggled with it for a while because it was like, you know, this person is just trying to help people. What's really wrong with that? You know, right. but, but this person has a, a spirit guide and the mm -hmm. guide tells her what happened in the area and why there's, you know, pain or why this family is being haunted. And she kind of tries to nail down what's going on. What is your opinion about some of these folks who are, you know, they're, they're trying to do, I mean, they're doing quote unquote good by trying to mm -hmm. help people. Do right. you think it's just all part of the fabric of deception? And, and is it something that you think ultimately leads down the wrong path? 
Absolutely. So, I mean, I myself was deceived. When I was uh, sharing what I believed uh, when I was a new ager with people, it wasn't in the purpose of deceiving them. Uh, but a blind person leading another blind person, is they're both going to end up in the ditch. Um, so because I was spiritually blind and deceived, there's no way, uh, no matter how good my intentions were, and they were, you know, I wasn't uh, trying to hurt people or anything like that. It didn't matter because I was ultimately just going to spread uh, more spiritual confusion and lies. And this is what's happening with people like channels, you know, like they're um, people uh, who are just spiritually deceived. These are uh, deceiving spirits. Satan is called uh, the father of lies. So we have to understand here that we are operating against the masters of deception. Um, so they have an ability to deceive an individual to that person actually thinks they're doing right. And We'll go around, uh, like use the example of being a channel to help people, uh, thinking that it's bringing them hope and this and that, not recognizing that they're actually being used by demonic spirits uh, to, uh, you know, because, okay, that channeler might help someone, uh, you know, be more comforted or something, but, you know, that person might start to think that talking to the dead is a good thing. And we know specifically right. in the scriptures, right, that that's a horrible thing. That's It's forbidden. It's abomination before the Lord. Right. Um, so this is the breadcrumb trail that Satan leaves people. Uh, one thing that I notice is, like, for example, I'll, I'll use my tarot card example. Um, I would give a tarot card reading to someone, and let's say they, they didn't believe in any of this stuff. If the tarot card reading gave them an like a comfort, like um, sometimes my my spirit guides would tell me like, oh, this person's dealing with their father. There's a father issue, and I would I would bring it up because I would be led by that demonic spirit, and that person would be like, wow, and you know, and then we could deal with it. And I'm not joking. There was what would look like apparent healings coming from these tarot card readings, um, relationship healings, internal healings. The, the Satan is also a healer, but he heals for the purpose of leading people astray in the end. Um, so I definitely was being used by these demonic uh, spirits to bring, quote-unquote, comfort to people and things like that. But after that, they had that one experience with me, and they're like, well, I'm going to start looking into astrology, and oh, the guy's also into yoga. So I'm, and then they just start getting involved more and more and more into the occult. Uh, once they start having a good experience with either a psychic, a medium, tarot card reader, or whatever, it's just going to solidify them into pursuing that spiritual path and... Uh, being someone that comes from that, and my warning is, no, don't go there, you know? So, right. uh, yeah. Totally. Let's shift gears a little bit, and, and it ties into some of the things that, that you talk about a lot on your on your channel is, you know, the, the Illuminati, the New World Order, these aspects of uh, the occult that are pretty much becoming mainstream, you know? They, they right. really have become mainstream in the entertainment world, and, you know, you've really done a good job of exposing a lot of that because, there was a certain point where I, I felt that I had the opportunity to, to do something similar to what you're doing in that, you know, go through all the different news items and different events that happen and just really point out, hey, look, look at this. I mean, this is so right. obvious. Uh, but there was a point in time where I thought, oh, my gosh, it's, it's so overwhelming. There is so much stuff going on in the world that is just so blatantly, you know, Masonic or occult or I mean, it's just like overwhelming. Right. How have you been able to establish a, a rhythm or just a you know a pattern to be able to create some of those aspects and expose it i mean there's not a shortage of things to expose so to speak no absolutely um being in this ministry and especially in the last uh five six months that i've just started back up it's gotten a lot worse and i can't even stay on top of everything like i'm looking at my list of to-do videos i need a team to help me um, expose everything that's going on and uh, to continue to uh, glorify Christ in in what I do on my channel. So 
Um, this, is, this is a sign, though. I mean, what we need to start recognizing is that these things point to the establishment of the Antichrist kingdom. The, the minds of people are being prepared, and we see that everywhere. Um, occult symbolism is being put in, in all sorts of movies. The entertainers are promoting nothing but do what thou wilt, live your own life, do drugs, glorification of sin uh, type stuff, you know? So um, to me, the, it's just, it, this is an awakening for the church. It's the time It's the time to, first of all, get this stuff out of the church because sadly a lot, of, a lot of it has found its way to, to creep into the church, especially under the disguise of Disney and things like that. Satan is really good to uh, masquerade occult things and and uh, anti-God, uh, you know, entertainment. Um, but it's it's an it's a time for an awakening. Um, it's time that we recognize that this isn't going to stop. They're going to keep pushing this onto us. Uh, they want to prepare the minds to accept the Antichrist. Like when I go through this stuff, the repeat the the repeating theme over and over is anti-God and pro-Antichrist. That's all they're doing. So to me, that's just showing us that entertainment is being used today to brainwash and prepare people for that coming system that we call the New World Order. And the Bible is very clear that that's the Antichrist kingdom, uh, this counterfeit system that is going to come up uh, before Jesus comes. Um, so, Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because in our house, you know, we, we don't watch a whole lot of TV, but uh, when it is on, you know, my wife, I mean, she works, you know, 40 plus hours a week. So when she gets home, she doesn't really want to hear me rant and rave about, you know, the Illuminati <laughs> or whatever, but, but right. she'll sit down and, and, and she doesn't like what's on TV. You know, obviously a lot of stuff is not very wholesome, but mm -hmm. she'll land on the Disney channel just because it seems more innocent, you know? That's, yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I'm not going to sit there. <laughs> I try not to sit there and go, Oh, look at that. You know, Mm -hmm. But there's, there's one show called Lab Rats that, that I, you know, I enjoy in terms of like an entertainment value right. thing. But I mean, it's obviously it, from the beginning, I've known that it is the uh, transhumanist agenda that's being pushed there. Mm -hmm. And um, they're coming out with a, a series or, you know, I guess a series of episodes or a movie or something. It's called Rise of the Secret Soldiers. And I'm like, wow, this, <laughs> they're not even holding it back anymore. And, and, <laughs> oh, you know, goodness. they're going <laughs> to, they're going to, it's some, I believe just based on the preview, they're going to merge their powers or something like that. Something, something, you know, occultic. Right. Um, but how do we deal with that? I mean, what would you recommend to parents and things like that who have young kids who are into the Disney Channel or whatever? And, you know, they're trying to find ways to, to you know, not shelter too much, but at the same time, protect their kids from, you know, right. fully going. I mean, because uh, to be honest, I'd rather have, you know, my daughter, I'd rather have her watch the Disney Channel than like get into uh, what's that, that werewolf show or movie or whatever that everyone was into. You know, some of the stuff right. is like blatantly like occultic and new moon, that whole for sure. terrible well, thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, the one thing I, I maybe want to start specifying more on my channel, I think that uh, in exposing this, there's been a reaction that um, people get the perception that, uh, you know, I'm trying to say like stay away from the entire world, like, you know, like isolate yourself in a corner because realistically, uh, we do live in Babylon. This is the spiritual fallen world. Um, I The way I try and uh, explain it, it's kind of like we have to be like Joseph, you know, we're in Egypt, we're in this, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Um, so, you know, you need to more recognize this stuff. So just an, an, an awareness is what I'm trying to put out to people that, hey, this stuff is there. The Bible is real. Jesus Christ is waiting for you and uh, he wants to save you from all this. Um, it's not that we have to go and uh, be extreme and take everything away from our children because 
that can cause rebellion too. You need to be very vigilant on how to approach your children with this type of stuff, um, especially if they've been exposed to it, and then all of a sudden you're going to try and take it away. Right. I yeah. think I think education and communication is the key thing between parents and their children. Let them know uh, that this stuff is not good, you know. And um, if you've instructed them in the Lord, and you can show them from the Scriptures, hopefully the, the Holy Spirit can work on them and give them the revelation because they need to desire not to do these things because. If you're just taking it away from them and it's not in their heart, well, when they go to their friend's house and you're no, you're no longer there, that stuff's still going to be exposed to them. And it could even make them want it and desire it more. Um, so you need to make sure that, you know, you're educating your child. Pray for the kids. Um, they live in this generation and it's, it's absolutely crazy what's being put out there. So, you know, keep them in prayer. Um, and, and yeah, just as much as possible, try and educate and open up communication as to why these things are damaging to their soul. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I have to say that I think the the whole movement is working in a sense because, um, you know, my, my daughter goes to a Christian school, and the topic of the Illuminati, they all know about it. All right. the kids know about it. And <laughs> there's, it. I, I guess there's one kid that anytime there's a triangle that's displayed anywhere, he says, the Illuminati. <laughs> and, you know, I guess the teacher, this is a teacher's child, so, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's one of those things that is important. And I think there is a, a divide, sort of, because I think most of the teachers and stuff, they don't want to talk about that necessarily. No. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll sort of dress it up as all oh, the world and, and, you know, they, but they won't get in very specific with what's going on. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think that ministries like yours are, are, it is making a difference. It is touching people and informing them of, you know, some of these aspects, but right. um, let me ask you this. What, what has been the most, I guess, controversial or you know, most uh, attention grabbing video that you've ever made on your channel? Um, would actually, uh, it would be recently, I put out a video on uh, Sia, uh, the girl who did uh, the Chandelier song. She just put out, uh, I think it was Broken Heart, and uh, she had a video with um, 28-year-old actor uh, Shia LaBeouf from the Transformers series, uh, half-dressed in a naked suit with 12-year-old uh, Madison or something from Dance Moms, uh, also oh. in a naked suit, uh, in a cage, dancing, frolicking around. Um, we know from Corey Feldman's uh, testimony and a Hollywood insider that there is a massive problem of pedophilia within the entertainment industry. Uh, this is something that's come out uh, from insiders themselves. The casting couch is a reality. Um, and I believe that they were just showing us their perversion in plain sight. They like to uh, parade themselves out there uh, hidden, but you know, still in plain view for everyone to see. So um, one of my strategies with uh, when an artist will be making a video that I, I consider to be anti-God, satanic, and needs to be exposed, I hunt them down and I find out when they're going to upload to YouTube and I make sure that my uh, expose is right under there. So what happens is I generate a lot of traffic from their fans and uh, they really didn't like that video. So uh, if you go check out that video, I think it's at like 5,000 dislikes, maybe 8,000 uh, dislikes. But, you know, um, I, I, I don't care. I, I mean, if uh, we live in a world today where... Uh, a 28-year-old man dancing in a cage with a 12-year-old girl, you know, caressing her hair and all these weird things that you can get from the video is considered art, uh, then, you know, it is a lost world and Jesus was true and the end is coming, so I really don't care. Uh, I receive a lot of uh, people that will uh, come and attack my videos, especially when the artists themselves will react. Marilyn Manson actually tweeted out uh, the expose I did on him like two weeks ago, so I got like flooded with uh, all his uh, Antichrist superstar fans there, and 
you know, so that, there's a lot of controversy in uh, what I'm doing because, you know, uh, I believe Christianity is in our end times going to be uh, countercultural. We are going to go against the grain, and I'm happy to do that. I think it's awesome. I think it's a breath, a breath of fresh air in, in our society that, uh, you know, everyone's going in the wrong direction, that God is calling his people uh, to stand apart and to go the other way and to speak out against what's going on. Uh, so I'm blessed yeah. to be used in that way to do that. Uh, you know, and uh, like other people, Yellow Wolf too, he tweeted out my video on his Instagram and his Twitter account. And, you know, I got uh, all these people who identify themselves as slum Americans come to my page and just attack and ridicule me. But I embrace all the ridicule and the attacks. I mean, um, I wouldn't be doing my job correctly if that wasn't there. I'm probably one of the most ridiculed, mocked Christians on YouTube, but uh, I fully embrace that. I mean, that's what Jesus told us that was going to happen, and uh, we are to rejoice when that happens. So yeah, uh, I just rejoice to see that, uh, you know, God is using these things, and there are people that are waking up, even though, uh, you know, it's funny because all her fans will come and comment how ridiculous they think my video is, but I mean, they're just sharing it with all their friends on their Facebook page right. and, and <laughs> right. on their accounts. And not all their friends agree with them. A lot of their friends will end up agreeing with me. So it's a great way for me to get out there and it's, uh, it's yeah. working awesome. Yeah, it's definitely stirring the conversation. And I actually... <laughs> yeah saw that Marilyn Manson post um, I think a couple weeks ago when it went up and Marilyn Manson tweeted it and I, yeah. was, I was reading through the comment section and it's so funny. I mean, these guys, these people defend, you know, Marilyn Manson. Right. Well, he's not really satanic. He's an atheist. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's, you right. know, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's yeah. have a conversation about that because, yeah. uh, you know, people are blinded by what, whatever yeah. they whatever justifies their position of you know supporting someone like Marilyn Manson right. who and yeah and one other th one other thing I'd, I'd like to point out uh touching on that is the reaction from the fan actually indicates what we're dealing with here um at a spiritual level these individuals are being placed propped up by the media and society to be idols to be gods among the people and they are literally worshipped by their fans and you see that that devotion and that worship uh and the delusion that that these idols can have over their fans uh just by going through the comment section when you uh see my videos now the interesting thing is and you probably know this in the secret societies and Freemasonry and stuff, once you reach a certain level, you're considered to be a worshipful master. So I truly believe that all the entertainers have reached that level within the secret society and have been propped there to be worshipped, idolized, to be worshipped masters of the entertainment world to lead mm. people away from God. And you just see the amount of mind control and, and everything that they have on their fans just by going through the comment section there. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the... Um I guess some of the more controversial topics as well that you've touched on is, you know, Illuminati sacrifices. Right. Uh, you've touched on people that have been, you know, killed or sacrificed. Um, right. I mean, th these are, it's, it's hard to speak into some of those things, I believe, because it's, you know, I mean, you have your main story. Robin Williams is, a, I guess, a recent example. Right. Um, and so, you know, how do you deal with that in terms of, like, how do you... No, yeah. How do you approach, and how do you know yeah. that it's a, an Illuminati sacrifice rather than right. you know what the news reports or whatnot? Okay. Well, when it comes to that series, if you do go to uh, check out the playlist, you're going to do note that I put um, Illuminati blood sacrifice conspiracies, and I'm not going to say that I know. I believe only God knows whether or not uh, these people were actually sacrificed. But what I'm doing here uh, is presenting a video series in which we look at the evidence. Uh, so if you can go to my series, you're going to see one about Robin Williams, Paul, 
uh, Walker and things like that who show, I mean, like Paul Walker, for example, the guy, his first movie was a The Skull and Bones, and that's about the secret society at Yale which gives you all this power. And then the guy dies in a red car, just like they showed him the, the Illuminati, the secret society given him in that movie 13 years before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just go over and over. And if you study the, these secret societies and these uh, satanic cults, you do know that they practice uh, this form of, uh, you know, occultism where the, it's all about numbers and sacrificing and there's power in that. You can just uh, read the works of Aleister Crowley, who basically taught his disciples that uh, demonic power could be accessed by uh, sacrificing people. So I believe that uh, they believe this. There's, uh, I've also shared like testimonies of uh, people who um, have come out about uh, possibly even uh, being attacked by them. Um, Randy Quaid is one of them. The guy showed up in Canada like two years, three years ago, freaking out, saying that, uh, you know, they were trying to kill him and stuff. So uh, the ho- he called it the Hollywood Whackers. Uh, so, you know, you hear about the Hollywood hacker, whackers, you look at all these weird uh, deaths. So I just put it together. I let the people decide uh, what it is. Um, and I just want to bring awareness to this, that this we're dealing with a sick and depraved entertainment industry. And Hollywood, literally, Holly is uh, is a wood used to cast a spell. We're dealing with a very uh, advanced form of mind control and witchcraft that uh, is being put out by this this city and uh, the people that run it are wicked and the, and the things are corrupt and the and the media doesn't tell you we know that mainstream media uh, works in alliance with the elite in order to uh, create whatever news stories that they want so sure uh, I'm just trying to shed light on things that uh, maybe people should be asking themselves you know especially if they want to go and idolize Hollywood and especially for those people who want to go and be Hollywood stars and and actors you know is that really what you want to do this this kind of stuff, the casting couch, the sacrifices, the secret cults, like, is that really what you want, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's that's why I try and make the video, and that's how I try and approach it, just to make people realize. I'm not saying that all these people that have died this way that I present are 100% killed by them. Like I said, I, I don't know that. Only God does, but I try my best to just... Uh, give the evidence as it uh, as I can find it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it, speaking of you know, on that topic of Hollywood, is just recently there was um, someone who came out and and talked about the show The Biggest Loser, and yeah. um, they were they were discussing how you know they were basically abused. You know? I was just reading that this morning, actually. That's yeah. yeah, and and uh, how you know the dramatic weight loss and things like that, and and. The way they went about, you know, I, I, there was some suspicion that their computers and cell phones were microchipped. They get their, yeah. their hotel keys taken away, and they get worked out until they're, you know, they're literally Puking, getting injured. Sick. Yeah, and and yeah. you know, and I, I used to be a personal trainer before I uh, started YouTubing, and that's just insane. First of all, like losing weight at that level—that's <laughs> not even healthy to begin with. Right, so, right, and it's and all because it all speaks to this the end game of what That's they're it. trying to promote, which is this, you know, healthy Hollywood look or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've watched the, the biggest loser and like, they do such a good job of making it really emotional, you know, mm-hmm. and like by the end <laughs> when they're like, when they're out there and it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, you get all teary eyed and all that yeah. stuff. And it's like, wow, how powerful is that deception? You know, That's and, it. and who's behind it and what their agenda is. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, I, it just came to my mind. It's sort of kind of random, but, uh, what's the um there's a recent musician uh or singer uh who she was on Nickelodeon and she now she's like a pop star and um she had her first single 
a few months ago and uh, she was on the show Sam and Cat on Nickelodeon. I, I don't remember her name. Anyway, in her music video, it's funny because she's like dancing around or whatever in a spaceship and the, uh, the, the, the key that ignites the spaceship at the end, and it's so subtle, you know, mm-hmm. is the Sephiroth from Kabbalah. You know, oh, no and way. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's like I was like, oh my gosh, and you wow. know, I, I haven't really seen anyone talk about that particular video or anything. But you know, those are the things that I see, and like you know, I, I maybe I should report on stuff like that because I see it all the time, and it's yeah. always like, well, someone someone's probably got to see that and talk about it already. But you know, that's one thing I haven't seen anyone touch on. But what about like philosophically? Um, I, I know that you're you're pretty well versed in some of the apologists and things that are out there, like Ravi Zacharias and and others. How has the philosophical perspective been an influence, and, and what what sorts of Christian leaders or or influencers have you had in your ministry in terms of you know that end of it? Well, philosophically, I guess it would mainly be Ravi. He was uh, the one I really gravitated towards. I've always considered myself to be rather intellectual. I always love to read and um, just uh, spend time analyzing things, and you know, always watching debates and things like that. So. Uh, when I came to Christ, I wanted to see, you know, who who's going to do that for the faith. And the Lord led me to uh, Ravi's uh, apologetics ministry. And uh, just the way that this guy can communicate the, the truth of God is just amazing. So, um, I mean, that was really, because uh, there's this deception and this lie out there that, uh, you know, that uh, Christianity is not intelligent, that it's not deep. It's, you know, only bigots think this way. Um, and it's so not true. There is such a depth to uh, the Christian worldview and um, the, the Christian perspective, and it's just so oftentimes overlooked. So um, Ravi was amazingly impactful for me. I've read a lot of his stuff, um, especially it's it's awesome that he's out there fighting against atheism, you know, standing up there and um, against the books like The God Delusion and things like that. So, you know, I, I definitely pray and uh, uh, hope that God keeps using men like that to uh, to do good apologetics, to defend us and uh, defend the truth of God against uh, anything that would just uh, put itself in opposition to that. So, yeah, you know, Ravi's really eloquent, and he's uh, mm-hmm. I love listening to his lectures and just the way he answers questions and things yeah, like that. And uh, uh, you know, a couple others that I really like are William Lane Craig, uh, Greg Kokel. Uh, they've yeah, been really sure. huge in um, you know just helping us frame. I guess the Christian worldview and, and it is, it it is really, it's so ironic that these folks come out and attack Christianity and the lack of intellectual rigor. Because when you start looking at the philosophical arguments that these guys put forth, they're far more sound uh, than what atheists provide and, and, you know, non-believers provide. And and so it's just ironic that the, the cultural sort of understanding of Christianity is that, Oh, we're just an unintellectual, emotional, and that goes back to the need to expose the entertainment world. Where is that coming from? That's coming from Hollywood. That's coming from a created perception of Christianity that's not based in reality. And a lot of times it's just what people are accepting from Family Guy and Simpsons, you know, like they're not they're not receiving the truth. And all they're seeing from these shows uh, at a subconscious level programs them to, to just accept the idea that you know, the Christian worldview is is not intelligent at all. It's There's no depth uh, to its philosophical understanding or anything like that. Right. That's a real shame. It's a shame, you know, because um, you should f- go check it out yourself. Don't let the television or popular uh, opinions of people, uh, you know, take you away from discovering an amazing truth, which is the truth of God. 
Um, I mean, you, you can Harvard, I believe, and Yale weren't they not uh, Christian universities back in the day? Like to say that we are not people who think. I mean, historically, that's not true. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah, I mean, even the the whole scientific endeavor comes from people who felt that's that it. they can understand <laughs> creation. You know, from a logical, reasonable perspective. What about within the church? You have done a couple videos on, you know, talking about certain aspects within the church that seem to be promoting lies and deceptions. Um, right. You know, some of, I guess there's some easier ones than, you know, some of them are easier to expose than others with, you know, certain types of charismatic movements and stuff like that. But what have you seen within the church that, that has been uh, something where you feel compelled to expose? Okay. Well, first of all, we always have to be careful when we're talking about the church because you know it's de- it's uh, it's his bride. It's a uh, it's very special to God. So right. this this is not uh, to talk down. This is just to talk like constructively uh, to give my criticism so that we can grow as a body. Um, but I'm definitely taken back by the current state of the church, and I think that anyone who really is very biblical uh, would agree with me that um, biblical Christianity is is being replaced. Uh, we have the emergent uh, church movement, which is basically taking over, and uh, I believe a lot of the leadership has been compromised, is compromised. Uh, Rick Warren is a member of the CFR, so I mean, <laughs> you gotta you gotta do your research and find out where these people. Uh, you know, uh, the the media paints Rick Warren as America's pastor. Okay, we'll do some research on that guy. Find out he comes from the CFR. What's the CFR? That's literally um, the agency that uh, is being used to uh, establish the New World Order Kingdom in the world. Um, so, is are we going to just let these people come in the church and you know embrace them? Because the Bible is very clear: there will come wolves in sheep's clothing. Another thing is, uh, you know, my ministry does point to the fact that. You know, I don't know the day or the hour, but it does look like Christ is coming back uh, pretty soon. You know, um, not going to set a time. Who knows? But ultimately, uh, we can see that a lot of the prophetic things that the scriptures talk about are occurring in the world today. And one of the things is that uh, the Bible says, let no man deceive you. That day shall not come until a great falling away takes place. Uh, So there is a great apostasy that is prophesied in the Bible. And I truly believe that uh, we're seeing that take place in especially American Christianity. Um, in the world today is is the growth of a coming apostasy. I myself have a hard time even integrating into local churches here in North America. Um, oftentimes when you're a watchman and you speak out on certain things, you're considered crazy and they don't want to listen. Uh, I've been to a lot of churches, like you said, that are seeker-friendly. So if they're seeker-friendly, they don't want to talk about this stuff, right? Because that'll scare people away and push right. them away. Uh, but these are issues that should be dealt with. You know, the the church should have answers uh, for these topics. And I think that's why God is rising up ministries like mine and yours to to answer that uh, so that people don't leave the church and end up going online and falling for like uh, Jordan Maxwell and, and David Icke that, you know, there are Christians that are going to be talking about these things. And I, I just think it's a shame that pastors, you know, they they're care more about, uh, you know, maybe uh, church attendance and how many people are there than actually uh, saying uh, the truth now and facing evil in the world today and encouraging their flock to do the same. Um, so I, I pray for the church consistently. Um, it's, it's obviously, I mean, we are one body and we got to love each other. We're not going to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church until Jesus Christ comes back and he becomes our high priest. But uh, until that time, we got to make best with what we have. And it's been difficult for sure. Um, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Amen on that. I, I know that just recently I've, um, I've been started listening to, there's a show called Homebrew Christianity, which I thought it was 
interesting that they what they do is they talk theology and um a lot of the guests that they've have on are sort of progressive thinkers of theology okay and yeah. and, and they're and they're moving away from and it's very interesting because they're you know they're still promoting themselves as christians sometimes they don't there's a couple of people that have um that they interview there was one in particular i don't have the names in front of me but basically their whole argument was the emergent church led this person to become atheist so it's like okay. and they're very honest about it you know they're like well yeah. i mean you know the the whole in, intellectual rigor of sort of the emergent perspective led me down this path and now i'm an atheist right. and um i mean i think a lot of people feel that way because the church itself you know they they do a lot of good things and and one of the things that i try to stress when i talk about the church is that a lot of times, you know, God does use these, you know, uh, ministries that you, Absolutely. us as, you know, I guess more of the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it intellectual or, or more passionate or whatever you want to call it. We, we look at churches like, for example, you know, Joel Steen's church, and we, we just want to like vomit, right? We're like, oh, right. God, what are you doing? Right. Um, but there's no place for us to say, well, God's not using Joel Steen to lead people to Christ because we just don't right. know that, you know? And, right. and we, and I think as a matter of fact, I think a lot of people are being led to Christ. I, you know, I, I'm sure there's some damage being done with his lack of theology or whatever, but it's one of those issues where the church, I think, is going to come to a crossroads. And this is just my opinion on, on my sort of survey of what's going on. Right. We're going to have to come to a crossroads and either really stand up for truth or not. And yeah. for example, one of the issues that's really a hot, hotbed topic is homosexuality. Right. And um, the church is attacked heavily on this topic. And actually, Chris Putnam did a, a presentation at the Prophecy Forum that I thought was really well done speaking into this issue. And because, you know, and he pointed out something that Greg Kokel pointed out, uh, which is a, another apologist, that, you know, the culture has made this into an equality issue, the whole homosexuality conversation yeah. as an equality issue. And it's not, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and he uses the example of, you know, before the whole, you know, gay rights movement, a man, a gay man or a straight man, both had the right to marry a woman or mm -hmm. not, you know? And so they, they had equal rights. It's not, it's not a rights issue. Yeah. It's an emotional issue. It's a love issue. Oh, I want to, you know, I want to marry someone I love. And if, you know, a man loves another man, then they should have the ability to get married and stuff like that. So, I mean, in a lot of the church, especially the younger generation i've seen they're they're struggling with this issue right um, or they're just totally buying into the cultural yeah you know this old way of thinking is we need to you know purge the old way of thinking and embrace the new way and which yeah. is so ironic because it's not a new way of thinking at all you know no. <laughs> it's been <laughs> yeah. around for so long and right. it, it it i mean we our culture is starting to look more like pagan rome than ever before and yeah. um is that something that you've touched on with the topic of homosexuality and, and how do you approach that subject matter? So on the, uh, well, homosexuality, I mean, the same way that you do, I do it in love um, because first of all, I have a gay uncle. I love him to death. Uh, I mean, that's my uncle Alan and, you know, like, uh, but he doesn't change my beliefs. You know, like I still believe that it's a sin, uh, that salvation doesn't come through, uh, you know, not repenting of our sins and, and, well, believing in the gospel and then being changed so that we can uh, walk in, the, in obedience, which shows that we truly love the Father. Um, so it, it's a sensitive issue for sure. And as you just mentioned, I know a lot of the younger people, they're struggling with this because it, it is a hot issue right now. And there are not a lot of voices uh, in Christianity that are really standing for the biblical perspective. They're compromising 
uh, to it to uh, please the world and things like that. So, um, you know, it is a sin. Uh, Jesus came to save us. We're all sinners. We're all fallen. Uh, and I, I don't uh, try and pick one sin bigger than the other. You know, I don't try and make homosexuality a bigger deal than stealing, killing. I mean, you know, it's all uh, bundled up together. So uh, they need as much grace as a murderer, as a liar, as I did, as a a occultist witch, in a sense, you know, sorcerer. Um, We all uh, need God's grace and mercy. Um, So I I think it's important also for Christians not to make it a bigger issue. I mean, you know, like to... uh, uh, for example, I mean, uh, I have a hard time if a preacher is uh, obviously a glutton, and uh, you can see that by his weight, and he even will preach about, how, or uh, in his preach, you hear him talking about the big uh, Sunday barbecue that he had, where he pigged out, uh, <laughs> and, and then he's going to uh, just rail on homosexuals when he has a log in his eye. So be very vigilant, you know, if we're going to start uh, trying to help others, let us uh, recognize that we need to take the logs out of our own eyes before we start speaking, picking out specks. Because um, that's only going to push people away, and I think that's why Jesus told us not to be hypocrites when, you know, we would try and help others. If we have that sin, then why approach them, you know? So um, just just be uh, vigilant with that issue, uh, but stand for truth. Absolutely, don't compromise. That's what we're going to see in uh, Christianity is is our leadership, and they're, they're already starting to do that, is compromising to this world. Because it's, it's hard. You're going to get persecuted. Mm-hmm. Get ready for that. You're not going to be popular. Um, you know, uh, I would venture to say, you know, Joel Osteen, the only reason that people um, are are being saved by his preaching is because God works out all things for the good. He is a wolf in sheep clothing, in my opinion. I do not right. believe he is a true Christian, but God is so amazing that he can use a false preacher to bring people to God, uh, to himself, because uh, he works out all things for the good. Um, so it's... Uh, it, it's a it, it's something that we need to take into account. You know, we live in times. I, I like what you said earlier uh, that you mentioned um, the church. There's a coming divide, and I honestly see that. I see that we're reaching almost like a point where there's coming a crossroad uh, in American Christianity, and it's either that you're going to go for the apostasy, or you're going to be uh, part of the spotless bride that's being prepared for the Lord at, at His second coming. Um, and uh, there's going to be massive apostasy, um, you know, especially, I don't know if you've uh, looked into what's going on right now between the Catholic and uh, Protestant reconciliation, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I believe that's that's just a sign of the apostasy. I mean, you know, uh, we have Protestants who, back in the day, broke free from uh, the legalism and the false teachings of the Catholic Church just to do what? To go back now? To crawl back to Rome? Right, right. Um, you know, so, I mean, we're we're going against everything our church fathers stood for. We're compromising the sound doctrines that they literally put their lives on the line to give us uh, just to please men. And uh, this, this will cause the apostasy that is prophesied in the Bible to uh, come to pass. And I think we're seeing the, the first stages of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just if you bring up the Catholic Church in, in terms of the Vatican and what they're doing, I mean, it, it goes right back into the, the topics of uh, aliens and, you know, channeled entities yeah. and things like that with what, uh, you know, um, uh, the Pope recently talking about how he would baptize an alien and, and uh, a few other yeah. leaders of the Catholic Church suggesting those things. I mean, what are we preparing for? And I, I believe Rick Warren right. is part of um, part of that reconciliation uh process is he not am i mistaken absolutely yeah no. okay so yeah i mean it's oh boy <laughs> it's 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 coming it's real yeah. what do you think um i know you're not going to put a date on anything but how, how long do you think we have until jesus returns and what do you think 
what do you expect to see? And you touched on it a little bit, but as yeah. in the next year, two years, five years, what do you see happening specifically with um, with the church in terms of? Uh, well, I guess you already answered that question. I'm asking you a question you already answered. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, ministries like yours, like ours, you know, what's going to happen to us? I mean, is in terms of laws and stuff like that. Right. You, you know, if once they start hammering down certain either internet, you know, uh, censorship or stuff like that. What do you right. think is going to go down? Well, I think that uh, the words that Jesus spoke uh, in, I believe it's Matthew, that we would be hated by all nations, that we would be put to death. Uh, we're going to see that happen. Um, and I believe that uh, the Christians that are uh, going to go into the apostasy with the Roman Catholics, embracing the Antichrist and, and the false Christian religion, which will be a, just a new age form, of uh, Christianity. They're going to be accepted by the world and everything. They might even take the chip, get into the system and everything, um, but they're not really the uh, remnant of God anyway. Um, but the real remnant, we will be turned uh, on and considered absolute radicals, um, considered to be just fundamentalists who uh, can't think, can't evolve, can't expand our consciousness, can't go with the world, will be seen as old school, and needing to be wiped off. Uh, in my New Age studies, this is actually something that you'll hear uh, New Age uh, leaders talk about, is the fact that there's coming a great shift. And um, you even heard, um, what's his name there, Power of Now, the author, um, Eckhart Tolle, he's literally saying, evolve or die. So either you're going right. to evolve into this new form of spirituality, which will include this new form of Christianity that is being prepared here in our world today, um, or you're going to die. They're going to kill us because they will see us as impeding the human evolution, that uh, the consciousness level that they're trying to achieve uh, cannot be achieved with us here on Earth, and they are justified in removing us because you know, str uh, the strongest survive and, and all this, uh, you know, lies from uh, Darwin evolution and stuff that they believed as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to be made out to be some crazy people and censored and uh, probably thrown into prison and killed. Uh, but these are all things that uh, the Bible says would happen to the church in the end times before the second coming. So if we don't anticipate those things to occur, then we're not reading our scriptures correctly here. Um, and, and that's another thing, too, a little warning for people who are in the mainstream church. You're going to hear a different message from them. They're almost preaching a revival. They're saying, oh, there's a big revival happening in the world today. Don't be deceived. The scriptures do not talk about a great end times revival. It actually talks about a great end times apostasy, where people will fall away from the truth. Uh, the only thing that's reviving is this false Christianity and uh, these apostasies, you know? Right. It's almost coming full circle to uh, what happened right after the resurrection. You know, it's so interesting yeah. how it's coming back around. Well, uh, we appreciate your time, Mario. Um, hey, I guess thanks Basil, for having me. Basil didn't make it out, but it's okay. You know, he'll, he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll express his, his opinions and stuff like that later on. But um, where can people go to see your videos? Do you have a website? How can people support you? Yeah, uh, right now we're just, uh, my ministry is on YouTube, so youtube.com uh, slash thevigilantchristian, and uh, you can find all uh, my videos there, subscribe, and uh, join the fight. Become a vigilant uh, Christian yourself. That's really what the ministry is for, is to awaken people that there is a need within the body of Christ for discernment, uh, for vigilancy, which means to be on guard, watchful. Uh, keep an eye out for the enemy. He is looking to steal, kill, and destroy from us, and he's looking for weak spots, and we need to be on guard. So uh, I'm a watchman on the wall on YouTube. Come check me out, and uh, thanks for having me, Gons. Appreciate it. No problem, man. It was great having you. All right. Mr. Gons and Mario, the Vigilant Christian. 
talking about all the cool stuff on canarycryradio.com. That's a jingle I wrote just for this episode. Very cool. Yes, it was very cool. And it was also very cool that Mario took the time, came to talk to you, got to put his voice in our ears here on the show. And um, I hope everybody liked it. I sure did. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, good times, everybody. Mm -hmm. All right, so there you go. Now, if you are a new listener and you made it through here, let me tell you about some fun things. Number one, canarycryradio.com. It's an internet website. And it has all sorts of cool stuff. All of the archives. We had got a store there. Um, we got t-shirts. If you like the website, <laughs> if you like the, the podcast so much, um, and you just feel that, that, that good old Lord tugging on your heart to help support us, you can go there to the support tab. There you can make a contribution, um, in, like in a monthly installment of, there's a couple different options there. Or if commitment's not your thing, you can go ahead and make a one-time donation of any amount. Also, we have our like Amazon store thing, which is cool. You can go on Amazon and buy anything you want, and a portion of that goes to help support Canary Cry Radio. Yeah, let me let me say something about that real quick. Oh boy, oh boy. Because here's the deal. Uh-oh. Let's say you want to buy like ten big screen TVs from Amazon. Because you are just awesome, and that's what you're going to do. What you can do is you can go to canarycryradio.com slash store, and what you'll see there is not big screen TVs, but you'll see like different books and you know stuff that's been out there from authors we've interviewed and things like that. Books, DVDs. Yeah, books, DVDs, and stuff. You can click around, you know, start there. Now, if you continue on to Amazon to buy your 10 big screen TVs, Mm -hmm. we will still get a portion of that because the way this works is that once you visit our Amazon store, your internet provider, or actually no, your browser will store some cookies that will tell Amazon that you decided to, are you sleeping? (laughs) No, no, I just breathe that way. (laughs) So point being, Buy anything from our Amazon store. Anything. Anything at all. It doesn't have to be the books that we listed. Um, so there you go. Also, we have a Facebook. We have... What else do we have? A Twitter. We have all those things. Go go to Facebook. Give us a like. Say what's up. You can also send us a uh, nice little message. We have a, a voicemail message thing on the website. I don't know. Now I'm just naming everything we have. But uh, go do that. <laughs> iTunes. If you listen to your podcast on iTunes, go there, give us a rating or a review. Tell us how much you loved it or how much you did not. And then we will take that and we will use it to uh, make make changes or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a, a, a review recently from Mailman Matt. Mailman Matt. Love this podcast. Stumbled upon it just like I randomly stumbled upon Future Quake. Yeah. So happy you guys stepped in to take over the Future Quake. We, Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Mailman Matt. I like to think that um, we didn't replace or take over Future Quake, but more like, what did we do? 
What would we, you call it? We tried to fill the void that we had in our hearts. Yeah, I think it was like, we were so sad that we couldn't hear Future Quake. We're just like, let's just get together. Let's just talk. We need to talk about this. Let's just pretend like we're as cool as Dr. Future. And yeah, we were like playing house. We're like children <laughs> playing a game, mimicking the greatness of Future Quake. So, but thank you very much, Mailman Matt. Uh, appreciate Parallax that. View also left a review. Great oh, show. I love the one. format. I especially like the single topic episodes. I've been listening Ooh. to all the archived episodes and will soon be finished. Only sad because then I'll have to wait for the next podcast like everyone else. And Gons, I love it when you explain technical stuff because I want to know the details too. You gotta know the deets. All right. Gotta know stuff. the deets. Okay, so there you go. Everybody go ahead. You can go leave your own ratings and reviews. I don't know. Is there anything else cool we can do to give these people? Other than our heart and soul in each one of these episodes? I think that's it. We'll just give you our all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Except for when we sleep in. Except, yeah. (laughs) Gons will give you his all. I will be sleeping. (laughs) Okay. All right. So go ahead. You can uh, send all of your alarm clocks to um, canarycryradio at gmail.com and uh, that will keep us awake and alert. Alright everybody we love you very much this has been an (laughs) episode yes thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time but until then think outside the cage. Thank you.